0: she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we're continuing our discussion with Matt Wenberg about his journey, his education journey particularly, from an apprentice aircraft mechanic to his current studies in MBA. He's also going to talk to us about completing the Kokoda Challenge, which I'm particularly interested in. So let's now pick up where we left off with Matt. We've talked a fair bit about teamwork and relationships in teams and, and producing high quality work. I'm interested now in the customer service type of things. I guess for the most part your customers have been internal in the organisations you've been with? No, I've dealt with
1: a lot of external customers as well. A lot of internal. It's obviously a lot of internal customers but now I've had a lot of external customers where they've asked to do a specific job and I've had to completed those tasks, sometimes not to their requirements but
2: you've got to
1: sort of convince them if that makes sense that it's
2: probably the best approach yeah can i just clarify when you say external customer would that be somebody who owns an aircraft and bring it to your organization for repairs or maintenance correct there are actual companies out there
1: especially the aircraft that are just based on whether mm-hmm. it they be your own fleet, some owner-operators run their own maintenance division to keep the costs there. Obviously, it yeah. you know, makes, makes great business sense. But there are other companies that rely solely on just being a maintenance organisation without a fleet of aircraft that rely on external customers to bring mm-hmm. their stuff in.
0: So true mechanics.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, glorified
0: mechanics is the term I like to use. So, now, now, just yeah. be very careful, Matt, because my eldest boy is a real mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. On real cars. thank <laughs> oh, okay. you. Yeah, yeah. He will be listening. <laughs> and the second son is a real pilot. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, you should very, very <laughs> <really>. <laughs> I should trip there. I do. I do every day. I'm very careful with them every day.
1: <laughs> oh, the <laughs> it's
2: a good one. It's, it's a love-hate relationship, I must say. Yeah, it's truthful. <laughs> so, Matt, back to Kim's initial question that I interrupted, sorry. was, in relation to customer service, is it different when you're responding to a request and a service to an external customer to an internal one? Is is there a difference in the way you would operate?
1: Yes, with the internal just the way the just the way that I knew that like the way the aviation industry works, or where I worked especially, was that it was different because I was more of on a I was more on a time frame when it came to the internal customers and that they were like the it was like the pit crew type thing. You, you get an airplane in, you you try and fix it as quick as you possibly can, and then you want it out again. So everything was like very 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 quick. We had external customers where mainly what I dealt with was the components. of Things like that. So I ran the own, I ran the own shop of, of um, a component shop. The internal customers to me were those airplanes coming into the hangar and they'd sit there and they would say, "All right, we need you to fix this component real quick." And I'm mm-hmm. right. So that that would take precedence over most of all the other jobs. After that, it just it was like more of a more of a case by case matter, urgency. And as everybody, as every maintainer knows, it's it's down to logistics. You know what parts you had at that particular time what job you could finish at that Mm. particular time. But it was a lot of juggling, especially dealing with the logistics side to it. They're an internal customer type thing. And, you know, dealing with them was... It was a lot, a lot of give and take where you had to be patient with them because technically it wasn't their fault that a a part was coming in that had a lead time. But then you had the customer on the other side telling you, come on, I need this really, really quickly now. And just being that middleman, you had to be careful... Who you upset a little bit more <laughs> on a day, pretty much,
2: if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. you have to manage the relationships across the board.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so exactly right, yeah. I'm interested in, in the customer service and the MBA study. Was was that part of your MBA work, customer no,
1: service? No, but it, it certainly helped it certainly helped it was more the, the dealing with people thing again you know like trying to networking building relationships i found especially when working with customers as well was the best best policy pretty much it was really good to be able to build a very nice and very good rapport with a customer i found but i found myself in a very fortunate position where i could very much directly relate to customers rather than have it go through a middle person and it's much than detriment. My supervisor at the time, he didn't really want that. We had to. I had to try and convince that people like direct answers. I found that I built a better relationship, working relationship, especially with different customers and that. And especially when you can ring up, they can ring up and say, "Oh, what things do I have in there? Or what? How's my airplane going?" You can sit there and rattle a and go, "No, it's. Oh, yes, it should be done by this because we've got this, 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 this to, to you know, to go." You know, and they're happy with that answer. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I found that I found that most customers were very—they got very annoyed when you gave them a the vague answer. Mm. You know, so yeah. the more yeah. direct, the direct line to the person doing the job, mm. it sort of overloaded me a little bit, but I didn't mind doing it, knowing for a fact that customer, the more chance of repeat business, yep. mm-hmm. because of the better relationship that I had.
2: That you were building, with yeah. Them. yeah, that's So, cool. what, that's right. what you're saying is, you build a relationship, you understand your customer, how they think, how they like to be communicated with, and give them yeah. the facts, and give that to them at the right time, which right. continue yeah. to build and, their relationship. And
1: a lot of that came, same again, it was just normal human nature, but a lot of it also came, and you know, some of it came through in the MBA as well, where... Once again, that experience that I had with already dealing with customers sorta of made those puzzles right. fit a lot lot better reading it through after doing the
0: MBA. I have one more question about the MBA. Was there sure. was there anything that you felt was lacking in the, the coursework? Something that you had covered in your experience in business and being a manager? that you thought should have been included? I had Fulyana help with uh, a lot of the
1: business stuff, especially when it came to case study. I'd send it to her and she'd turn around to me and go, oh, she goes, it sounds good. It's not the way we would actually do it in the industry, but because it's academic, it's more about being academic than it is about being practical in the business
0: sense. Yeah, which, you know what I, mean? so, yeah I do, I do. Like, and that's exactly the response I wanted to get from you. That you've done yeah, very yeah, well. There's still
1: that gap there's okay. that gap. there's yep. still that gap between books and actually doing it and yep. then, that's what going back to your question before about experience that's why I found having a lot not mm. just a little bit of experience helps marry it up a bit
0: we might take a complete break from the work arena and we'll go to Kokoda yeah this was something that you always wanted to do or the opportunity came up and you thought yeah I'll give it a go just talk us through from the time you made the decision to actually getting there I, I
1: very fit and stuff and it's this is going right back to the core of it yep and uh i did a i did a basic sort of fitness test for um for for a particular job and it was very very basic very basic And, and i couldn't pass it very unfit, very overweight so i thought you know i'll get out there and i'll get fit yeah sure enough went out there got fit and it was always something that I've always been interested about. They always talk about Villa Britney and you know Fromel and all those types of places. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with war history, they're, they're the type of place Gallipoli. You know, let's not Philly, forget mm-hmm. Gallipoli. But I've always wanted to go and see those types of places. And the other one was mainly about the Australians and how they perform in battle. You know, what defines why we have Anzac Day. So I ended up getting fit, and I thought, oh, why not? I said, I'm fit enough now. And young enough that I can do it. So I thought, all oh, right, I'm going to go and do Kokoda and just trained harder and became a lot fitter, faster and, yeah, just booked the trip and just went, that's sort of my reward for doing all of this
2: training. It acted as an incentive, so you achieved two goals by getting yeah. fit. One is yeah. to pursue the initial reason you wanted to become fit. Secondly, yeah. it opened a new door for you in that doing the Kokoda, which is something you wanted to do but wouldn't have thought about it if you couldn't finish it, fitness much, yeah. yeah. Well they
1: always, they, everybody always said that it was, it was a very, very demanding yeah. track to do and they say it's one of the uh, hardest sea level walks that you can do and yes it is very hard if you haven't trained, that's for sure, <laughs> very sure. It was almost an impulse thing, I wanted mm. to do it so I did it. <laughs> I
0: so the group that you were with—did you know anyone in that group, or were they all essentially a new no. team?
1: No, no, no. All all people that I met, including the head guide, I met pretty much once once I arrived up at uh, in Port Moresby. There, I uh, booked it through a, like a tour group, as you, as everybody should if they are thinking about doing it. Yep. Disclaimer: there, don't do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was sort of fortunate and unfortunate at the same time. I found that we had such a small. You know, it was good. that it became very personalised. But towards the end of the trip, you know, we're all sort of sick of talking to each other, as you are after eight days living very close together with each other, and especially being strangers. You know, we got to know each other very well after
0: that. Mm. Yeah, so it, it's interesting that you can see that in in an environment where you are physically challenged, that you're also mentally challenged, not just in terms of the physicality of what you're doing, but the relationship stuff as well and it's probably the most educational part of it is recognizing that work is probably not as bad as some other things that might have to present themselves yeah that's exactly right <laughs> yes you're
1: out in a tra- truck that's what the instructor said to us he goes you know you're out there all by like he goes oh what did you say So, you know From this time on, you know, your life seems to be a democracy. You do what I say, when I say, how I say it. (laughs) You know, in a friendly, nice way, you know, just to keep it safe. As you know, you you can't be talking to so many people for so many hours in a day before it's like, all right, I need to have a break from you. (laughs) And I'm pretty pretty sure they felt the exact same way about me as well. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very, very, very um, eye-opening Experience—that's for sure. Uh, something I'd do again in a heartbeat. Something I'd take my kids on again in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know,
2: when
1: they get off, when they get older, that's for sure. No book really can describe what the place is all about until you actually go there and see it for yourself. And and once you get there, you just go, wow! Like, mm-hmm. oh my god! They, you know, especially the soldiers back then, they did, they had to do what yes. mm. in
2: this? <laughs> here, You know. Yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah, it was really, really, really a fun. Fun, exciting, uh, very emotional challenge too. There was, yeah. you know, I, I shed a couple of tears listening to the stories that that went on back then in nineteen forty one, forty two down there, and very humbling to say the least. Very, very humbling experience, that's and, for sure.
0: And how long did that sense of the the impression that you you gained from that experience? How long did that stay with you?
1: As for the trip itself, mm. I didn't leave Papua New Guinea for another two weeks after I got back. Right, you know, I was still there. For the experience itself, yeah, no, I still remember it. I mm. still remember it as clear as day. Yeah. It's, um, mm. You know, what they did back what the soldiers did back then, you just look at, you, you try and compare it today, like the youth of today compared to the youth of back then. And You know, even what I would do in certain situations that those guys were presented with, you know, mm. I'd have absolutely no doubt that, you know, I'd be changing my undies every five seconds. Yeah, you yeah. Know, up, up there. It's, and just... To think that they did it, they had to do it, they had no choice. It was either do that or die. These days most teenagers chuck
0: a hissy fit once you take their iPhone off them. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's quite feasible and, and easier for us to understand the way that so many of them returned with an inability to get back into the workforce, to mm-hmm. relate to other people, to to do uh-huh. a whole range of things that we just we, we can't look at it and say, well why didn't they just you know pick up where they left off? Oh no
1: way no way you yeah. couldn't even to the soldiers of today like, yeah. I'm not by means anything I'm not saying that I've, I've ever been in any battle zone or anything like that but I, I, I do I take my hat off to for what they yeah. do. that's for sure. Yeah. you know past present and future. that's for def- that's for, you know definitely sure that I do. Like I said, it, there's been many books written about it can read as many books as you want about it but until you go there and just see the environment especially Kokoda Trail like hot humid yes the there's other sections of the track where it's freezing cold it's absolutely <laughs> mm, yeah. freezing cold to walk say two extra days you know and then you sweat your bum off because it's so bloody hot you yeah know? it's just very very tropical some of the stories that came out of there you well, there was one particular story where they said that one of the soldiers got shot through his ankles and had to crawl for two weeks along the tracks. Oh, and here we are, bitching mm. and whinging that it was hot and
0: humid. we have to take our shoes off and we've got leeches. No, yeah. no, let's stop. That's
1: right. The <laughs> thing was, they reinforced, was, you know, past the, the track, they had to face the trap, the dysentery, the typhoid, the lack of food. And once they got through all that, then they had to face the Japanese. Mm. You know, so, <laughs> so it puts a lot of other... That's yeah. for sure. So
0: are there any other challenges like that that you are interested in trying out? None
1: of my wife would let me do. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a couple other, couple other things. I oh, A just, oh, just typical bloke thing, I want to go across the Simpson Deserts. On oh, a trailer. camel? Things like that, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing major.
2: Oh, there is no. another one um, that you told me about. You want to follow tornadoes or something, didn't you? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes that's another,
2: storm that's another chaser. Bit. Yes. Storm <laughs> yes. chaser. That's yeah, quite that's extreme as be, well.
1: It's true. Everyone says they want to go to America to see New York or Las Vegas or anything like that. I want to go and see really big towns, the middle of Texas, and chase bloody <laughs> tornadoes. That's what I want to do.
0: So living where you are now, you're just getting in some trainings with the cyclones. Is that that's right? right?
1: That's right. That's yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's if they ever, that's if they ever, they ever come this way. So they're, they're very temperamental things now. Once again, the wife doesn't let me go out and chase them. Either. Strange so that. It's very I don't, strange. Yes. Yeah. I don't
2: called doc health and safety i think <laughs> yes. i think it's
1: more i think
2: it's
0: more sensibility on more <laughs> that we, we've had a long and, and involved discussion today covering a great range of topics is there anything that you'd like to add in terms of your advice for people who are working their way through the career challenge
1: i think advice i was given when I, start, when I started work, by my dad, I remember walking out the door, told me, and he said, now, he goes, now, remember, son? He goes, but everybody starts at the bottom. It's always a bit of advice that's always stuck with me, the fact that you're not the CEO the first day that you walk through a door, especially when you're new. Not, not even new CEOs, uh, I don't think. Uh, bloody, you might be the CEO, yes, you might be new, but just remember you are new. You know Yes, what I mean? yeah. Not that experience within that company yeah. as you might think you are. And Mm. I guess the other other bit of advice that I've always gone by is do something that you love, you never work a day in your life.
0: Fabulous. It has been great chatting with you, (laughs) catching up with you, and I haven't mentioned Parramatta the whole time we've been talking. No, and I'm very glad that you haven't. I've been been very very strong, and and I'll let you into a secret. There's no point in me mentioning Parramatta because I used to follow North Sydney, so there's just absolutely no hope for me. Yeah, well, thank you for
2: mentioning that. <laughs> but we do thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Really appreciated your contribution and sharing your experience with us.
1: You know, I'm very honoured to be on this program, especially because you know, the caliber of other guests that you've had as well on
2: board. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt.
0: I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.